O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Let the whole earth stand in awe of him. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life. To the glory of thy holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall shall forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 4 and Psalm 8, beginning on page 347. Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. Thou hast set me at liberty when I was in trouble. Have mercy upon me, and hearken unto my prayer. O ye sons of men, how long will ye blaspheme mine honor, and have such pleasure in vanity, and seek after falsehood? Know this also, that the Lord hath chosen to himself the man that is godly. When I call upon the Lord, he will hear me. Stand in awe, and sin not. Commune with your own heart, and in your chamber, and be still. Offer the sacrifice of righteousness, and put your trust in the Lord. There be many that say, Who will show us any good? Lord, lift thou up the light of thy countenance upon us. Thou hast put gladness in my heart, yea, more than when their corn and wine and oil increase. I will lay me down in peace and take my rest, for it is thou, Lord, only that makest me dwell in safety. Psalm 8 O Lord, our Governor, how excellent is thy name in all the world, thou that hast set thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of very babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. When I consider thy heavens, even the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. What is man that thou art mindful of him? 
and the Son of Man that thou visitest him. Thou madest him lower than the angels to crown him with glory and worship. Thou makest him to have dominion of the works of thy hands, and thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. All sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field. The fowls of the air and the fishes of the sea, and whatsoever walketh through the paths of the seas. O Lord our Governor, how excellent is thy name in all the world. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the seventeenth verse of the third chapter of the apocryphal book Ecclesiasticus. My son, perform your tasks in meekness, then you will be loved by those whom God accepts. The greater you are, the more you must humble yourself, so you will find favor in the sight of the Lord. For great is the might of the Lord, he is glorified by the humble. Seek not what is too difficult for you, nor investigate what is beyond your power. Reflect upon what has been assigned to you, for you do not need what is hidden. Do not meddle in what is beyond your tasks, for matters too great for human understanding have been shown you. For their hasty judgment has led many astray, and wrong opinion has caused their thoughts to slip. A stubborn mind will be afflicted at the end, and whoever loves danger will perish by it. A stubborn mind will be burdened by troubles, and the sinner will heap sin upon sin. The affliction of the proud has no healing, for a plant of wickedness has taken root in him. The mind of the intelligent man will ponder a parable, and an attentive ear is the wise man's desire. Water extinguishes a blazing fire, so almsgiving atones for sin. Whoever requites favors gives thought to the future. At the moment of his falling, he will find support. Here endeth the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath holpen his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers, Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the 18th verse of the first chapter of the Gospel according to St. Matthew. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. 
and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Though all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Here endeth the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Almighty and merciful God, of whose only gift it cometh that thy faithful people do unto thee true and laudable service, grant we beseech thee that we may so faithfully serve thee in this life that we fail not finally to attain thy heavenly promises through the merits of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Hello, and good evening to all. We begin our meditation tonight on the Psalms, um, which reflect a couple of um, major motifs that, that, that kind of continue through the whole Psalter. And this is at the outset in the first book of the Psalms, 
Um, and so it's setting up these kinds of patterns that we'll see emerge in the rest of the Psalms. But two of those patterns are reflecting on the comparative greatness of God and the smallness of mankind. Um, this is something that is constant throughout all the wisdom literature, the wisdom writings, but specifically in the Psalms, the psalmist continually meditates on why is it that God who is so great should, you know, look with attentive and attentive goodwill and constant steadfast love towards a creature first as small and as, you know, fragile as humankind, but then also as one that continually uses the um, freedom that it has been given and the abilities that it has been given to do things that are in obvious contradiction to the law of the Lord that seem that the rest of creation seems to have no problem abiding by. Um, and so the one of the great meditations is that, you know, you know why is it that you know, God should continually care? Um, and the, you know, the answer to this continually is found in the, the, you know, in the covenant that God has sort of bound himself to, that God has um, sort of defined the relation of himself towards uh, this creature that he has made um, and bound himself in loving communion to this creature. Um, and it, you know, amplifies the greatness of God that he continually has mercy upon this creature that's so small and dignifies this creature that's so small. And so when we talk about the dignity, like human dignity, um, one of the reasons why humans have dignity is because God has uniquely chosen them um, as a creature to bear his likeness and that with whom he has um, bound himself in a covenant relationship um, throughout time. Um, and this, you know, is this comes to pass in even a great, an even greater way um, when we read the Psalms as Christians through the lens of Christ. And we see in the incarnation that it was, you know, human nature that the word um, you know, chose to take on as flesh, um, and that the flesh that he took on was not just flesh in the abstract sense, but it was it was humanity. Um, and you know, C.S. Lewis, you know, makes he makes note of this in his novel Paralandra that when God became man, uh, that, that the universe sort of turned a corner, um, and it could not uh, it could no longer regard the divine as in the same way again because the divine had made. Um, made himself um, forever knowable in the face of this man, Jesus Christ, um, and so in whom the fullness of God would dwell. And so it's it's a, an incredible dignity that's been given to to humanity that um, not only did God come to, among us to save us, but also um, after we have been saved, our nature itself, our the, the kind of creature that we are, has been given a privileged status in the middle of the whole creation that no other creature enjoys. Then um, you know some have surmised at different points that this is why you know there's there was maybe some um, angelic jealousy uh, when this plan for the incarnation was revealed, um, you know, in some speculative theology and and, and and musings about it, because you know angels are you know evidently much greater than humans in so many different ways in uh, in the scriptures as revealed in the scriptures. They're more powerful, they're bigger, they're more shiny. Uh, and and it, it seems like, yeah, if God were going to become like any creature, it should be like something like that. And instead, it is this, you know, in this, um, you know, this unity of dust and breath um, that we are. Uh, but, you know, that is, uh, that is, again, as the writer of Ecclesiasticus tonight tells us, this is exactly how God makes his purposes known. Um, really, the first few verses of our, our reading tonight are the ones that we need to pay most attention to when he says, Go about your business in meekness, so shalt you be beloved of him that is approved. For greater thou, the greater thou art, the more humble thyself, and thou shalt find favor before the Lord. 
Many are in high place and of renown, but mysteries are revealed to the meek. For the power of the Lord is great, and he is honored of the lowly. And so as we think about this, as we you know look at this in the lens of the beginning of the Gospel of Matthew, we can see that um, both the, the project of the incarnation, the project of God becoming man, is a, is a great revelation, a deep mystery of God's, you know, you know, greatness being, you know, magnified and revealed in the fact that he works among the lowly and that he accomplishes his purposes among the lowly, um, that his mercy in saving us is made great in, cap in, in captivating the heart of even the greatest sinners and turning them to himself. Um, and so, you know, we, we sometimes can think that, you know, we're, oh gosh, you know, how can God use me? Um, and yet it is always the people that are constantly asking that question, how can God use me, that God seems to take great delight in making into the people that he is, he is delighted to use um, and, and to make and to use in his purposes. And so as we look at our gospel lesson tonight, um, it's significant to note that this, you know, in this, you know, this brief uh, narrative of, of the conception of Christ in the womb of Mary, um, in the in Matthew's telling of it, um, we, we kind of dip over to Joseph's side of the story for a bit, um, whereas Luke will give us a much more prolonged view of how Mary is processing this. Um, Joseph, you know, is, is, you know, kind of, we can take it as a throwaway, you know, description of him, but he's called a righteous man. And that's actually a very technical term. Um, in Jewish sensibility, that that term would have meant that he was, you know, known by his community and had a reputation for being an upholder of the covenant, you know, and being faithful to the law and being a regular pious practitioner of the of the, of the religious customs of the people. He was, and not only in secret, but also that he was known in his community as someone like this. Um, and so he had a great name. He was Joseph, a righteous man, and so. Um, you know, and this is, but this is revealed in the immediate, you know, clause that follows where because of his righteousness, you know, we might take this, uh, you know, as a contrast with the righteousness of the Pharisees, um, who would drag someone out who had even the hint of adultery on them and infidelity on them and drag them out and, you know, make a public display of their own righteousness by contrasting themselves against this. Joseph actually, in his meekness, shows himself to be actually righteous because he refuses to do that. And in the under the assumption that Mary has been unfaithful to him, does not drag her out and may and, and prop up his own status by, you know, throwing her under the bus. Instead, he's going to, um, you know, sort of discreetly handle the matter. He's going to, you know, he's going to send her back to her home um, in quiet um, and is not going to make a public scene about this. And as we learn in the Ecclesiasticus writing, again, if we go again back to uh, verse 19 there, the mysteries of God are revealed unto the meek. Um, and it is in the in the wake of this meek action, this actual display of mercy and justice that Joseph is going to is planning to enact, that God reveals himself to Joseph and says, Joseph, don't be afraid. Um, there's something happening that is truly of God here. Um, and so and so and he then gives him a, a you know a unique commandment and a unique place in salvation history. Um, when Joseph, you know, in a, in, in a less, in a less prayerful, a less thoughtful moment, in a more reactive and, and kind of anxious posture may have said or done something that, you know, sends Mary fleeing and sends the scorn of her community after her, chasing her out into exile. And then Joseph is no longer a part of salvation history. 
And so it's significant for us that when we ponder again, always we come back with the psalmist to ponder this mystery of how God, who is so great, um, is constantly merciful and loving and steadfast and patient um, in, you know, it, uh, among a people that seem at times to be the least worthy of it. Um, what it does for us is it actually tempers our condition as well as those who seek to be the likeness of God, who seek to be conformed to the likeness of Christ. Um, it tempers our condition as well and forms us into the kind of people that in those hot moments when, you know, when there's a quick action to take, but maybe a right action that is behind that quick action, waiting patiently for us to observe it and ponder it, um, it allows us to take a breath and not be, you know, sucked into that moment. Um, and when we do that, when we, when we entrust ourselves to the vindication of God, and when we practice that trust um, in being slow to anger and slow to react, and slow and, and, and quick to resort to prayer and to ponder these things. Um, it actually, it works from the inside out to make us into people like Joseph who are truly righteous. Um, and this, as we, are get, as we get slowed down in the heart, um, it actually works its way out so that in our actions, um, we are moving in a time that is not governed by the kind of busy, frantic time of the world. Um, and so, and that, and that includes the kind of, you know, quick, you know, vindictive justice that we all can get drawn into when someone wrongs us. Um, so as we seek to, you know, live in a world, uh, live in God's world that is defined by um, graciousness, humility, coming down and being merciful, um, it teaches us that in doing, we can, we get to be imitators of that in our own little spheres. And when we practice that and make that the governing law of our world, it draws us into the greater work that God is constantly doing, that this redemptive work of creation is something we participate in, but we participate in it by in, in these little ways, being merciful as he is merciful to us. And so it's a call for us back to the quietness and the slowness of prayer here um, so that we can be slowed down in the heart and uncluttered in the heart. Um, and so to see these opportunities to be like him with the people that he has given us. So a couple of thoughts. Concluding with our intercession on page 590. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as now perceive it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice, and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil, and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble.
and do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities. For his sake, who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all so much for being here tonight. It's good to pray with you. Thanks to Rochelle, my co-leader. Hope you all have a wonderful evening. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Happy Labor Day. Good night, everybody. Bye. Bye.